Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes, welcome back. And welcome back to YouTube. Back on YouTube, Rider. Mike Midnight Rider got that done. He's been on hold with YouTube's customer service for three weeks. And he finally got through last night. And they said, oh, sorry, just reboot. Reboot, and here we are. And we are back. I'm in all black everything. Jackson's in a TMA hoodie. Yeah. I like that. That's a sharp look. That's a good one. Like uh, and we are on with you for an hour, and Gabe DeArmond is going to be on with us at 10.15, presented to you by James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. Jackson says 40,000 plus will be on hand at the Dome tomorrow. Yeah, I think that number is about right. I think about 40,000, give or take. But like I said earlier in this week, I think a, a lot of that's going to come late. You know, people walk up traffic. Well, basically, it'll be in like, you know, what? it would be fun to go to the game tonight. And, oh, we're going to go check Ticketmaster real quick. Bada bing, bada boom. There they are. And see what's doing. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, fight Tiger. Huge weekend in college football. It was a great weekend in great college slate. football. First great slate of the, of the season. I mean, uh, what is what is the game you're uh, looking forward to most? Ole Miss, Alabama, I would have to say. Oregon, Colorado. Ole Miss is getting seven against a wounded bunch of roll tides. Yeah, and that's the thing that interests me is I have no idea what Alabama's going to look like. I listen to a lot of podcasts, bro. Yeah. I was listening to Reese Davis, Pete Thamel, yeah. and uh, Stanford Steve break that one down. God, I love Stanford Steve. And Reese Davis, I believe it was Reese Davis of ESPN's College Game Day, said he would take Ole Miss if they were giving seven. Oh, my God. So, Moneyline, Rebels? I am so... I really like Alabama. Wow. Who do I who You know do I what you can't, you can't do? Trust me, because I've tried to learn it. You can't teach size. <laughs> you can't. And Alabama still has a monstrous offensive line. Certainly. They're just going to have to alter things. The question is, can they defend Ole Miss's game and Ole Miss is now trying to run the football which really hasn't been a Lane Kiffin play so they're trying to do that as well so you got that one is that a 230 tilt is that 230 and then you also have uh, at the same time Oregon and Neon Dion I think you are that's right. a 230 you got Florida State and Clemson they love Florida State going and giving two and a half points you got the Gers playing at the same time as uh, Ohio State and Notre Dame yeah uh, you got the relegation bowl with Washington State and Oregon State I feel like I'm leaving other games out. Here, I'll give you the slate for you, Tim. Okay, I'll, I'll highlight the highlights. Let's see what Gabe thinks. Gabe's with us at 10.15. At 11 a.m., you can enjoy Florida State heading to Death Valley to take on Clemson. Thank you. And then uh, well, at 2.30... What you are taking? Florida State minus 2.5. Go. To Florida State minus 2.5. Okay. And I would put a substantial amount. Okay. Colorado, Oregon at 2.30, along with you. 21.5 is the number of the Ducks giving Colorado. Yeah. That's in Eugene. What are you doing? What are you doing with that one? 
I don't. I feel like the over is the play. Mm-hmm. I feel like the because uh, I don't. Colorado, no Travis Hunter. They had the dogfight with Colorado State, who they probably would have lost to at Colorado State. Say so just a tad more disciplined. I'll say this. Maybe I'm off on this. And then you, some, you make such a mistake when you try, well, they really want to beat them. And then you start doing that. You know what? Numbers are numbers. You can take your emotion out of it. However. That was a deep one. If you're in a position to run it up on Colorado, considering what Colorado's doing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Colorado has Ryan Wingo now visiting him, the St. Louis U high receiver who was, we thought, down to Texas and Missouri. Well, now he's going to the USC game next week in Boulder. Yeah. You run it up. 100%. So if they're in that position to do it, wouldn't surprise me if, if Oregon hung like 70 on them to try to run it up. Yeah. That's why I'm, I'm adding my however on that one. What sure. else do we have? What else? We have Ole Miss and Roll Tide. Oh, Ole Miss, Roll Tide, and then also at 230... UCLA has the Salt Lake mm-hmm. City to take on Utah. That's 22 versus 11. It's They're a good 10. game. It'll get lost in the shuffle tomorrow. Yeah, and then at 6, you'll have Oregon State heading to Pullman to take on Washington State. The relegation the bowl. Yep, at the same time as Missouri. And then Iowa heads to Happy Valley. Getting 14 and a half. What do you think on that one? <sighs> I like, I think Penn State covers. Whiteout season. Yeah, I think Penn State, night game. That is, I don't, that'd probably be top Mount Rushmore of toughest atmospheres to go into and win. I would say Happy Valley Whiteout game. Okay. I think yeah, LSU night. LSU, yeah, Death Valley at night between the hedges during the day, and then you can kind of maybe Tuscaloosa. It's up to you. Death Valley, Clemson version when they're good, but I mean Penn State at home is is something else. State College goes crazy. So uh, yeah, that's the stay in Ohio State Notre Dame, of course, also at 6.30. So a lot of great football on this weekend. It's a Jim Dandy of a weekend for college football. Gabe DeArmond will give us his thoughts on Missouri and Memphis. Brady Cook's health, he has been practicing after being listed as questionable on Tuesday. Eli Drinkwitz was on with Chase Daniel. And Chase Daniel, the former Missouri quarterback now in broadcasting, had him on his podcast. And he said if he doesn't practice by Thursday, then we'll be having a look at Sam Horn and Jake Garcia. But he did practice on Wednesday. And so uh, all indications are he will be going to... Tomorrow night at the Dome, Jackson says 40,000. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I saw Gerard Hamilton, also of Power Mizzou, Gabe's cohort, say uh, that he's like officially listed as questionable, but like you said on the Chase Daniel thing, the Chase Daniel podcast, if he's practicing, he's most likely playing. So I would expect Brady Cook under center to start the game for sure. I told the people last week what the status was of the money and how the money was on Missouri against K-State while damn near everybody in this area thought K-State would win that game. But the money was on Missouri. I therefore have a moral, an ethical obligation. And what I would describe candidly is a fiduciary responsibility, because I feel like I manage everybody in this audience's portfolio to let you know that the money is on Memphis this week. Does that concern you, Jackson? Are you concerned about tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. at the Dome? This is actually uh, the first question of my Little Piddle's Angry Beaver six-shooter. Oh, well, then go ahead. Why don't we start it up? Angry Beaver making it possible. Mention Piddle's. You're going to be downtown anyway. Yeah. And you get $5 off a pizza at Angry Beaver, sponsor of the Little Piddle's Friday six-shooter, a tradition unlike any other here on 101 ESPN. Yeah, and I have... And YouTube. Welcome back to the YouTube. I got to go in the YouTube chat. Hello, friends. We're so popular in the YouTube chat. Yep. And also uh, a little bit of information about the Angry Beaver for our listeners. Uh, If you're going down to the Mizzou game, Angry Beaver is doing a shuttle. It starts at 5 p.m. and runs until 45 minutes after the game. So if you're going over there, you mentioned Piddles, $5 off any pizza, and then you get a free ride over to the game to watch these gers defeat the other gers. So my question is, with the money being where it is... 
and it being more on Memphis, does that give you some pause that the Tigers can head undefeated into Nashville next week? Oh, I'm, I'm so emotionally invested. So I don't bet Missouri games unless I really feel like the number is off. Same. And also, if it's a spot where it's kind of like, oh, they're playing to play in some manual stimulation post-bowl. Thank <laughs> you. Uh, I would not bet it. I would not bet it either way. But I take Memphis. That's the world's greatest Jim Rome boss. I was so uncomfortable there. Oh, my God. In my mind, I'm going, do I really care about having an angry Missouri guy? And I'm thinking to myself, no, I don't really. <laughs> but that doesn't mean I think Memphis is going to win. Right. Missouri's going to be laying six, six and a half. And I just, here's how I wager, real, you know it. That's why you're able to pick out the games I'm betting, is where I go where the money is. No doubt. Yeah. You know. I think that's the consensus is like Missouri will win. Because I've looked at the money line really? bets and, and money and line isn't crazy discrepancy. So I think like people are expecting Missouri to win by a field goal. And so, hey, listen, I don't care how they win. I think oftentimes when you win, there's an overreaction, and understandably so. Yeah. But that was an absolute coin flip last week. Sure. But they did play really well. They did play outstanding. They played really well as far as play calling goes, as far as Brady Cook goes, and Luther Burden's star continues to shine bright. But their defense on third down was bad. As it was against Middle Tennessee State. And their defense, or their offense on third down was bad. Yeah. So these things aren't erased by a win. Yep. You still, I'm not, I'm happy that they won, of course, but I just, you know, I have an acknowledgement. So yeah, uh, hopefully I'll get mentions from my basically dead Twitter account at, at 10 o'clock tomorrow night when I'm passed out on a Marilyn Monroe cocktail of pills <laughs> and, uh, and I'll wake up on Sunday morning and I'll go, oh. Hey, this guy's celebrating a win on a Saturday night by tweeting at me. He must be having a lot of success with the ladies. That is your sacrifice to the listeners. You will take the hell on the mentions if it means Missouri gets That's the exactly right. But I, but, but, but you know what the pri- number one priority is? I always got to be honest. Yeah. If I were betting this game, I would take Memphis. Am I betting this game? Absolutely not. Same way. I don't. I only bet Missouri basketball, not football. Uh... I bet Piddles has blonde, glistening chest hair. That's from Tiny Peepee. It's weird that Tiny Peepee would say that because I, you know, the top of my head is as golden as, as it gets. And then on my face, it's also very, very light. Right. But once we get under the chin and then all the way down basically to the toes, it's kind of a darker, like light brown. Uh, so I always find that interesting. Oh, wow. Like my hair is very much blonde, but like some of my body hair is not. Your thoughts uh, on Jackson's body hair? Right. Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646. Tim is so good looking, it makes it hard for me to focus on work. Isn't that true? <sighs> Sometimes if I catch myself in a mirror, I'll go, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, if I'm in the midst of a broadcast and you hear a wow, I've just seen myself. I imagine the scene in Taxi Driver going on when you <laughs> catch yourself in the mirror. <laughs> You're talking to me. <laughs> uh, Gabe is excited about going into the Dome for the first time tomorrow. Is this his first time at the Dome? Yeah. Wow. I mean, there's Arrowhead <laughs> Stadium. And then... So uh, we'll talk it over with the Colonel. That's coming up next. Presented by James Carlton. Then we'll continue on with the Little Piddles Angry Beaver Friday Six Shooter. This is Balloon Party, driven by Munganas, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN. Back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. We're talking Tiger 
Raiders football with Keith DeArmond of PowerMizzou.com. Brought to you by James Carlton of State Farm. Mention Mizzou to James when you request a quote, and he'll donate $20 to Mizzou's preferred NIL on your behalf. CarltonInsurance.net. Well, uh, is my mic on? Yeah. Mm. Well, Jackson, they're not uh, happy. About what? Thanks, Piddles. I threw up in my mouth with your disgusting description of your body hair. Great show, Tim. That's from the 636. You love it and you know it. Did this freak just tell me his pube color? It's from the 314. His, uh, a listener asked, so I answered. No one is interested in the color of your body hair, Piddles. Just be better at your job. We would all appreciate it. That's from my guy, the Grape Ape Auto Detailing. Well, Grape Ape, when I have my performance review with you, I guess we can go over that. Oh, I didn't know you acquired Grape Ape. Yeah, well, he's my boss. Well, he's your boss? Yeah. Well, I thought you, I thought you buy and sell people. Your trust fund, anyway. Not great, babe. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it is our pleasure to welcome to the program, fresh off of the Jackson pubic hair discussion, <laughs> my journalism school cohort. He graduated. I did not. This is Gabe DeArmond, brought to you by James Carlton. Morning, Colonel. Sounds like just another day on the show, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Gabe, I, you know, I, for whatever reason, I thought I read something on Power Missouri. You said you had never been to the Dome, but then as I was thinking about it, yep. and Jackson called you, I'm like, well, he probably was there for some of those Illinois games. So what in the hell am I thinking? Yeah, I, co- I covered all those Illinois games. I covered, uh, I covered a Jeff City playing a state title game there at one point, uh-huh. I know. So, yeah, no, I've been. It's, uh, you know, looking forward to getting back. Very exciting. <laughs> Boy, it didn't, it didn't, I got to tell you, if I'm reading between the lines, it didn't sound like a ringing endorsement of the facility. I, it's fine. I, I don't know. It doesn't bother me. I mean, they, it, it always seemed a little bit dark. Uh, I understand that the lighting is better now, but um, yeah, it, it, it always was like, gift before he left. Yeah. Couple, yeah, couple it, it, it for seemed a little dark back in the day. Well, it was dark both uh, literally and metaphorically. Colonel, uh, the Missouri Tigers are six, six and a half point favorites, depending on where you're looking. However, as you know, because we were texting about it last week, even leading into kickoff, whereas the money was on Missouri against Kansas State, this week the money is on Memphis against Missouri. Um, what are your uh, What's your assessment of this one, and uh, what does Memphis bring to the table that could be potentially problematic for the Tigers, the Missouri version of the well, Tigers? I mean, Memphis is hard to read because they played two terrible teams in Bethune-Cookman and Arkansas State, and then they played Navy, which is just, it's just like a one-off. Like, you can't learn anything from a team playing Navy because it's so different from any other game they play the rest of the year. I, I mean, they put up good numbers offensively and and they've got a running back who who can do some things but I think Eli Drinkwitz's job might be tougher this week than last week because last week that's not a hard game to get your team up for you know it's a kind of a traditional rival coming to your place they they beat you so badly last week everybody's picking you to lose or last year everybody's picking you to lose that that's a pretty easy one to get going for this one in a different atmosphere on the road in front of fewer people you know it's against an AAC team, it's it's probably going to be a little bit tougher to get going. So I would not be surprised at, at a little bit of a slow start, early hangover. Uh, I saw that you posted just moments ago on uh, Power Mizzou uh, that you're hearing good things about uh, ticket sales for tomorrow. What uh, can you tell us about this? 
Yeah, I know that Missouri has has really sold a lot of tickets since Harrison Mevis's kick went through last weekend. You know, uh, a lot of people decided they wanted to to jump on board and see this one after Missouri got to three and zero. I don't have a specific number. I do know that you know a lot of the upper deck is not for sale in this game. I, I think that I think the limit's probably like around 40,000 low 40s of what they can sell. I don't know if they'll quite get to that or not, but uh, but I think that there has been a definite uptick in the last week. Well, that's encouraging to hear. That's very good to hear. Jackson, you were on the over of 40,000, so look at you. Still am. All right, Jackson's bullish on it. Brady Cook with the uh, report earlier this week, Gabe. I was monitoring your coverage, of course, on PowerMizzou.com of his situation. Did not practice on Tuesday, but was back out there on Wednesday, uh, what can you tell us about the health of the Missouri quarterback and uh, any other injuries of news notes for both uh, teams? Yeah, I mean, he practiced Wednesday and, and they're putting him, you know, on their social media accounts returning to St. Louis and all that. I don't think you do that if you don't know he's going to play. I mean, I think it would be great for Missouri if they could get him a little bit, you know, maybe a lighter day's work if they could have a three touchdown lead in the fourth quarter and sit him down and, and, I'll be interested to see what the design run game is like. I'm not sure that's that's something you do until you have to do it. Uh, he'll be wearing a brace, I'm sure, in this game. He was in practice, but he looked good in the fourth quarter, and and you know he's going to play. So I, I think that'll be fine. Uh, probably the biggest injury for Missouri is tight end Brett Northfleet is out. Um, made a really nice catch last week in the win over K State. Uh, got hurt in practice at some point this week. We do not know specifics of what that injury is at this point in time and whether it's a, a longer term deal or just a one, one week thing. So it'll be, you know, Tyler Stevens and, and true freshman Jordan Harris playing tight end this weekend. Okay. There's some, uh, information on Norfolk. Yeah. He did really make a, a hell of a catch down that near sideline last week, and I know it has some Missouri fans excited about what he could be bringing to the table. Uh, you, you talked about the psychology for the team going into this one, because it's tough to not get up for a sold-out game against a, an old non-conference, an old former conference rival, non-conference game, that really was a determining factor. I, I want to talk about the psychology of the fan base, because last week I talked about how three of four outcomes uh, would have uh, dramatic uh, impressions for Missouri fans of Eli Drinkwitz, a win or a big win, and all of a sudden he is in a great spot with Missouri fans, and the Middle Tennessee thing is completely forgotten, a big blowout loss, and you have uh, potential where people start going, okay, it's not going to happen in in the rumblings of a, a coaching search in three or four months. Psychologically now... Even though I think it's, it, you know, Memphis is only a, a six, six and a half point underdog. This isn't like they're playing South Dakota. I think right. that there would be a thought process oh my God, Missouri absolutely blew it. They beat Kansas State and then they lost to Memphis. And don't get me wrong, I would agree in that sense. But I, I get this, I just get the sense that people, it's not, not everybody, but I think some people might be taking this one for granted. And then therefore, it could be more psychologically destructive than losing a close game to K-State uh, because of the order of the way things have played out, that Missouri had an opportunity yeah. and then they blew it. Do you follow me? Do you agree, disagree? What do you think, Colonel? Yeah, I see what you're saying. I mean, Missouri should win this game. Yes. It, it, losing this one is would certainly be uh, damaging, but it, it, what it would do is it would get back anything you gained last week, right? I mean, a lot of us thought they would be three and one after four games. Getting there by be- somehow getting there by beating K State, but then not beating Memphis almost feels worse because people have seen 
what you're capable of. And then you would go right back out and, and obviously not come close to that. Um, I do think too, there's a little bit of like, I think people are getting a little bit too high off that one last week. I mean, it was a good win. Don't get me wrong. And I I don't want to take anything away from that, but you know, like somebody asked last night on our show, well, what if K-State's just not very good? And I said, well, then Missouri's not very good either. They won on a 62-yard field goal at, uh, at the buzzer. I mean, this was not a three-touchdown game. You know, I think both teams probably, both coaching staffs probably watched that film on Sunday and thought, hey, we should have won that game by 14 points. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think if those teams played 10 times, I think they probably each went five. Uh, so they're they're pretty close is, is my point. And I understand the excitement and the way it happened and all that, but – I, I think the goal for this Missouri team is still find a way to win eight, and then, hey, if you can get a little more than that, great. But I think it's a little early for the can they win the East and that type of talk. Uh, Colonel, uh, that, that brings me back to something you say, I feel like, every week on your uh, Monday morning 10 Things, uh, I think, column on Power Mizzou, and that is things are never as good as you think, and they're never as bad as you think. And, and that was important following the Middle Tennessee win. And that's what I think I'm kind of focused on. I know it's what gamblers focus on is the overreaction on football because you have seven days usually in between games. And in that time, you can start convincing yourself things are way better than they are coming off a win, if it's a good win, uh, or things are way worse they are than they are coming off of a loss or a, a bad win, for example, like the Middle Tennessee one, if there is such a thing as a bad win. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I fell into that trap a little bit last week, certainly. Um, but that's that's the point of he's got to get his guys back on the ground and right. get them going. And most coaches will tell you the toughest time to coach a team is after a big win because you've got to convince them they're not as good as they think they are and they're not as good as everybody's saying they are. And, you know, again, Missouri should win this game, but Memphis is not – if Missouri rolls the helmets out and thinks we're Missouri and they're Memphis, they'll get beat tomorrow. I would never compare, and I don't think you would either. We've been following this team for – about the exact same amount of time. Your father covered him for the Kansas City Stars, so you're a little more locked in than me in those earlier years. But with regards to the three biggest wins since 2007, I think we would agree, and maybe we, maybe you'd uh, include one that I'm not thinking of, KU 2007, Oklahoma 2010, and Texas A&M 2013. Uh all of those games, Missouri, of course, won, and all of those were, were followed by uh, disappointing performances. One against Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship game, one that probably is easier, easily forgotten in Lincoln against Nebraska following beating number one Oklahoma. And then uh, Trey Mason uh, was allowed to uh, run for, what did he run for, 732 yards? Is that what it was? Yeah, I think it was actually yeah. 850. It was 850 the following week. So uh, Missouri hasn't been able to put back-to-back big wins. Again, I'm not saying... K-State in the early season is is up there with those. But I also don't think that that's an outlier and it only applies to Missouri. You're talking about 18 to 22, 23-year-olds and psychologically, you have to find a way to keep them up at following what was a win where everything was geared toward that. So I think that's in a way, unfortunately, human nature. I mean, I get what you're saying. I also think that, well, first of all, I think you left out the second biggest win, which is 2013 at Georgia. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that one was huge. Um, they beat Arkansas to win the East here in 14. But I, the thing about the thing who about they, do, you, hey, do you remember who they played after they beat Georgia? 
Because I know it would have no, to be. No, but they won. I, yeah, I, I know. They, they, they played South Carolina, but that was later in the month because the Cardinals were in the yeah. World Series. I wonder who was in but, between there. But, yes, you're exactly right. That's a nice play. Georgia in Athens well, in 2013. And my point is, like, 2007, 2013, the reason those seasons turned out what they were was because every week was the biggest game they'd ever played, and they kept winning. Like, I understand they lost one at the end, but I remember 2007, we're sitting there watching KU every week win and go, Missouri can't lose a game. Missouri loses one game, this is over. You know, and and they just, after that Oklahoma game, kept doing what they needed to do. In 2013, they just, they lost the, the South Carolina game, but then just kept doing what they needed to do. Um, and, and we're not that, I mean, this team had, they haven't even played a conference game. So we're not uh, to that point of having that discussion with this team. Your overall point is right. It's tough to come back from, uh, you know, from such an emotional game, especially just the way it happened. I mean, you know, the, the rushing the field and all that, that, that doesn't happen if Missouri wins that game by 14 points right. but because of the way it happened. It was this huge emotional thing. And now, I, I mean, it's, it's the mistake we make and it's more true in college sports than in pro sports. I mean, one week just doesn't impact the next week that much. Sure, if you go play that game nine more times, you're going to have a really good season. But you're not going to go play that game nine more times. I mean, the truth is there's the really good teams, and Brian Kelly made Missouri fans mad when he said this at the beginning of the year, but he's 100% right. The teams that end up having years like Georgia had, last year the reason they have it is because on the couple three weeks where they don't show up and play really well they're still good enough to win right I mean Georgia was still good enough to win at Missouri last year even though they didn't play a great game and so that's the difference between you know a a great season and just kind of a nice season that ends in the Texas Bowl or something like that is the the top tier team's win with a B or a C game. I, I thought Missouri won with about a B-plus game last week. Now, there will be weeks that's not good enough, but I think Eli Drinkwitz, if you told him you can go play a B-plus game 12 times and take your chances, I think he'd probably be okay with sure, it. Sure, because he's probably going to win eight games, if not more, in that, uh, in, especially with the start of the season schedule here in the month of September. Opportunity to make it four in a row to start tomorrow night at the Dome, 6.30 p.m. And then, Colonel, we're not going to talk to you for a little while, and that's because you are headed to the Ryder Cup in Rome. How about this guy, Jackson? These are your kinds of travels. That's like Mount Rushmore kind of thing, to go to Rome to watch the Ryder Cup. That sounds incredible. Yeah, so uh, I'll miss you guys badly. But uh, Wow, I, I know, picked, I picked we'll, up a we'll little in. read right there. I Same read off. I picked up on the dome analysis. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's a good read. From the dome I'm to sure Rome, Gabe DeArmond. This guy. Yep. I'm sure I'll see you tomorrow night, though. I'm actually going. All right, good. I'll see you tomorrow night then. Wow, I sense I sense skepticism. Yeah, he's, du- he's dubious as all get out. Yeah, taking my six year old. Colonel, always enjoy talking it over with you. And of course, as you said, we will see you tomorrow night. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. There he Thanks, is. That's Gabe Yarman from the Dome to Rome. That's good. the Colonel. That's really good. Now I'm excited about my talent yet again. Uh, the Colonel, brought to you by James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency, online at carltoninsurance.net. Uh, we'll take a commercial break. Come back with the Little Piddles Friday Six Shooter, presented to you by Angry Beaver. This is Balloon Party, driven by Mungana, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota, 101 ESPN. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. It is balloon party. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson, with you. Fresh off a segment with the Colonel Gabe DeArmond. That's brought to you by James Carlton. And the Six Shooter is brought to you by the Angry Beaver. Jackson's already tempted our tummies with the taste of question number one Wow. You went Rome, dome to Rome, and then you just did an yeah. alliteration festival like yeah. that? I think people wonder how and why I'm so great. And then they hear something like that and they're like, whoa. Right, it's okay. something we can't fathom. Can't, you can't comprehend it. I think you just appreciate it and you go, we're lucky he was born here and his dad was effective at selling advertising. I think those are the things you have to say. I say that every night before bed. Uh, Jackson, do you have a question, a second question on the six shooter? You have to, don't you? Question two. Production value, just Sick. through the roof. Looking at Deion Sanders... And his long-term outlook as a football coach, do you think that he is a guy who will ditch Colorado as soon as a major blue-chip program offers him the head coaching role? on first take. Or do you think he'll be a program builder in Boulder? Of course, on first take, they're showing a gentleman sliced his finger again. Why, what's up with, why are they bleeding so much on ESPN? themselves on first take. This is the second time this week. But this is a first take question. And we're going to a weekend. We got some local topics. And we're going, where's Deion Sanders going after he leaves Colorado? Is that what we're doing? Yeah. And now that the YouTube's back up, the people can enjoy it. Here you go. For all of my friends on YouTube, it's back. And your arm is good, too. Wow, I got the Steve Sachs disease. Yeah, so if there was a guy sure. over there, it would have like, shot through the roof. <laughs> uh, I guess Tallahassee. Randy Carricker was listening. He goes, it's Tallahassee. One would think, but... Because we've pre- already done this question, this hackneyed question. Well, let me all present to you a spin. Okay. UF. If this is the question, is will the NBA work in St. Louis? Question three. No, but I'm willing to go there. Let's say, just for the sake of argument, the University of Florida is in a weird spot. Maybe you think he goes Gator? I'm asking the question. That's a that's a blue chip program. That's a place where you can get massive recruits. Uh, he said before that he's not a Seminole. He graduated from an HBCU. Maybe I don't know. I'm just I'm I'm throwing it out there. Would he go against his seminal, his former alma mater? Well, I don't know. I guess I kind of I like him at Colorado. I realize I that too. might not be there for the long haul. Tomorrow will be a the next eight days will be quite defining for 
Deion Sanders, but hell, he's already he's already turned the thing. He's already won, so I to know. speak. Yeah, their season total was three and a half. For and the he's win and total. he's yeah, he's, he's going to get that. And yeah, he might get worked the next two weeks. That's certainly in play. They've lost their best player. That's a big part. And of that it. sucks. I hate that because I wouldn't it? be as down on their chances tomorrow if Travis Hunter were playing. Yeah. Is he worth twenty one points? I don't know. Um, so what, what is your query for pivoting off of the Gator thing? Pivoting off of the Gator thing? Oh, so I was pivoting on to. You're pivoting on to the Gator. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what his plans are, but you'd think a guy like that, if you're a AD at a blue chip school. Oh, he's going to have people coming after him left That's and right. That's what I'm saying. And that, it'd be hard to turn it down. But I think one of the reasons why, outside of his press conferences and, you know, the style with which he operates, uh, is because he's taken a program that was as bad as any in the Power Five over the last 20 years and has turned them into, you know, and again, I mean, we got a TCU might not be great, and Nebraska's in the rebuild mode, and Colorado State nearly got them. So, still, the thing that I think overwhelmingly, who was it that I was watching say this, and I can't remember, maybe it was Saban, I feel like maybe it was another college coach, perhaps, Saying the thing I love about Deion Sanders is he says, this is the system and either you're with it or you can get out. I don't really care because I know what I'm going to do is going to work and doesn't care what the pushback is. And he believes in it and he executes it. And that's what I love. I, I personally love that. So I like it at Colorado because it's so kind of random. And if he's just bouncing around and becoming a mercenary and... Then it then it loses its appeal to me. You know, if he goes to Florida and wins, it doesn't mean as much as I think winning in Colorado. Let me put it that way. Yeah. Even though Colorado, when I was growing up, was an absolute monster, fifth down national champions, and so on and so forth. What's question three? If that was question two, I'm concerned. Well, you know, I can't. You know, I can only do what I can. Uh, just quick fun. What does that mean? Nice filling dead air. That's I'm I'm bad at this. Um, fun fact: first Mizzou game I ever went to was Mizzou versus Colorado. Oh, is that right? What year? Probably been my brother's freshman year in college. So well, not all of us know what years your brother oh, was in I college. Oh, I know. That's, but that's when my Mizzou fandom started. 2006, probably. 2006? Yeah, 2006. That's when, obviously, my sports fandom started. All right, Sun question Warrior. three. Question three. I get, this one is like, you might have to settle in for a second. Oh. But are you willing to settle in? Sure, of course I am. Because I find this interesting. So I'm going to read an excerpt of this article because... In conference realignment, so much is going on, and the Boise State AD has proposed a, prom- a promotion and relegation sure, system. I'm familiar with it. You sent it over as one of the links. Yes, sir. So Boise State Associate Athletic Director Michael Walsh has created what he has believed to be the first formal proposal on the subject of promotion and relegation for college sports, specifically college football. He has written an in-depth plan for a three-tiered alliance of 24 FBS football teams, Pacific, Mountain, and Central Time Zones, with the opportunity for a promotion and rele- relegation at the end of the season. Many, many folks are kicking around the concept of relegation promotion or mega leagues, but this is probably the first I've seen of someone putting pen to paper and looking at it comprehensively. Wash's goal is to create lucrative football package while allowing Olympic sports athletes to avoid the coast-to-coast travel now required in Power 4 sports. Uh, and of course, as I'm reading that, uh, the 
pop-up ads are coming left and right, Tim, and I couldn't wow, be any The monologue is now the outer monologue. Yep. We'll all suggest that Mountain West and Pac-12 teams be promoted and relegated at the end of every se- season based on performance. I'm sorry, that was the wrong section. We'll all suggest the Mountain West and Pac-12, as well as regional teams from the AAC, Conference USA, or WAC, could participate. All other sports, including men's basketball, will remain in their current conferences in order to maximize the opportunity for NCAA postseason automatic qualifiers. The first football tier could be a Power 5 conference, though Walsh know that the decision will ultimately lie within the college football playoff and NCAA, who award the designation for voting power and revenue distribution. The proposal suggests modest bonuses based on a base sum for each tier, performance bonus, and a specific bonus for tier status. So what this does, because we've talked about... It's like on the Senate floor, there's a filibuster. Sure, but I'm, I'm getting there. We've talked before about promotion and relegation, and the biggest problem that comes with that is revenue. Because if you're going to get relegated, you're going to be losing revenue. However, there is performance bonuses that could stand in the way of this. So Power 5 teams could be promoted and relegated all the same while while eliminating the coast-to-coast travel that could be a problem for, let's say, track and field or swimming or something like that. I like it. Is this interesting to you? It's absolutely interesting. Is he only saying this for Pac-12 or is he saying this for everybody? Because if you're Missouri, for example, or Illinois, for example— I don't know why you as a borderline program over the last couple of decades with some great years here and there would subject yourself to this. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's basically saying for suggest the Mountain West Pac-12 as well as the regional teams. Uh, AAC, okay. Then, Conference then, then, USA. I think, then I think it's live. Yeah. I think it makes sense because if you're if you're part of the SEC or Big Ten, why would you ever right, engage? Right, right. But for those, I love it. Yeah. I love it. And possibly could be kicked around, changed up a little differently for those Big Ten. And then to me, it increases the probability of happening, even though it might still be remote. Yeah, because again, I just keep pampering it. Like, why would you... It's like when people say, oh, the only way to really fix baseball is if there's like the Marlins and Pirates get relegated when they, you know, spend $25 million on their payroll. Sure. Like, but why would the Marlins and Pirates owners ever, under any circumstances, agree to that? It's not going to happen. The only people who will agree to something that doesn't on the surface make a whole lot of sense are those who are desperate and need to be part of a club. And at this point, Oregon State, Washington State and schools such as Boise State may need to do something desperate. So it increases the chance of it happening. I would love it. And I also think the thing that probably won't get near as much attention is it makes sense financially for those non-revenue generating sports to not have to travel coast to coast. Exactly. And the price that costs. Oh, yeah. In addition to the headache it is for the athletes to have to go back and forth across the country. So I like it. I love it. I would love if that were live. I I like the idea. And I saw the Oregon State athletic director said, you have to actually consider this. He's he's making some good points. Now, Oregon State, of course, is in the category of being desperate. Yeah. But uh, I love that. I mean, I, I would love this in sports across couldn't agree more. The board. I love the. I, I love what they do uh, in the EPL. Um, well, that's one of them that, that does it over there in the UK with the relegation and the promotion. Yeah. I, I mean, it's it's, it's huge. It gives interest outside of just the championship. The champ, exactly because right. teams who are fighting at the bottom are fighting to stay up. And, you know, European soccer is different because they're trying to get in the Champions League. But the idea of performance-based tiers and, and money you can get, like, it would just create more interest outside of just the top. And if any sport needs more interesting parody outside of the top is college football. So uh, I love the idea. I would love to see if there's something to it because those schools actually need it. SEC and Big Ten schools, no. All right, we'll take a break. Come back with the final segment of Bloom Party here on 101 ESPN. We're right- 
right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Balloon Party driven by Munganass, St. Louis Acura, Alton Toyota. Final segment of the week. Back on Monday, Jackson, will we be talking about a Missouri win? God, I hope so. I don't know if I can handle it. Just give not. me hope going into Brian Kelly coming to Columbia. Where he Still got to be Vandy. Dances upon the recruits. Uh, Jackson, do you have any other questions on this six shooter? Oh, I sure do. Which you read for three minutes. Well, that, you know, I asked if you were ready to settle in. Yeah. But, I mean, I could have popped two Ambien. Right. But I think that's kind of what the listeners want. You know, they it's want just hearing you read with yeah, they want zero me to... vocal inflection. That's not. Now, that, come on. All right. We can play it back for you. I mean, well, because I was reading. It's tough, it's tough for me I'm to read. To bed. I'm, not, I'm not as good as you. All right, here we go. It's Question good that four. you know that. Question four. <laughs> I like that one. Uh, HBO Max has announced that they are starting a live sports streaming section that will be an additional. Bring back winning time. <laughs> That's watch the final eleven. That's where that's where I am. I'm so mad is that it? series is over. It's, it's I believe BS. it's coming back. I really think it's coming back. But it won't be on HBO. Uh, that that's probably the case. If it is, then maybe they can change the name to I'm, Showtime. I'm that's that I understand why they didn't with Showtime being a competing network. I've read so much about it. I am so mad. I know this wasn't the question. No, but I like it. I like where you're going. But I am so upset that the and, and they only had seven episodes. It's 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 BS and it Gosh. ends it ends like people are going to well, watch it's business. I understand it. But, yeah. Well, what? I mean, well, no, like, I, HBO no, should I, lose money. It's it, no. it has a lot of cost. No, I hear you, Warner Brothers. Um, but either way, it's just it's people are going to watch this show twenty years from now, and then they're going to get to the final episode, and they're like, "This is where it ended." Yeah. Like, I didn't. That's swear. why I really do believe it's going to come back on Netflix or something else. Yeah, I would love that. I would love for that to be the case. But God, there's so much to go. And by the way, James Worthy. Yeah. Was like a. I mean, I remember he was one of the most important pieces of that entire operation. Oh, yeah. And he, the man wore goggles. <laughs> in this one, they didn't wear goggles. Did he not wear goggles until later on in his time in the Lakers? I, I think that that would be the case because okay. they didn't have Kareem in goggles until the moment where he messed up his eye. Okay. All right. So, well, either way, point being, James Worthy was kind of like, oh, there's James Worthy, and he misplayed a ball in Boston. Anyway, I'm mad the show went away. I am too. I think it's, I think it's baloney. <sighs> I really, I'm, I haven't been this upset about a, a show going away since Different Strokes and that cute little Gary Coleman. What was your question about HBO Max? Well, HBO Max has announced that they are starting a live sports streaming section that will be an additional $10 a month to those who already subscribe to HBO Max. And it will feature NHL, NBA, college hoops, and soccer. Oh, we're going to get, we're going to get, ga- what games are they going to have? This is this is early reports here, Tim. This is the but all the other all the games are on already. So what games are they getting? That's that is that is a question. I don't know where they're acquiring like your, it. Your rec league game on Wednesday night is that going to be on? And never then everyone will agree. Get this. Skip Piddles more touches. I mean, Lord, we're going to drive straight down do you, the lane. You're like the Justin Fields of this rec league team, complaining about your offense. Well, I don't think they're listening. If they are, then they'll know. You're, you know what you are? I've decided you're a problem in the room. I am, yeah, yeah, big time. Yep, here I am complaining. I haven't complained my whole sports career, but now I am. Do you think more and more streaming sites will get into the live sports game? Will this just further the confusion of watching sports? I just don't know, what I don't know what they're showing, so I don't know how to react to this. Everything's already on television. You just need a map to figure out where it is. That, that's what I'm saying. Here's another point right. on the map. But what are they? What are they going to be showing? NHL, NBA, college hoops. I mean, are the people at ESPN and TBS aware of this? 
Well, I, you know, is he just gonna like hold up a phone and stream it <laughs> like those perverts in the basement do? I don't know. No, so I mean, TBS doesn't have the rights to every NBA game, but I don't know how they're handling with like the local games, like the locally broadcasted games. Because if you know, if you have Bally's here, you so get like the when Grizzlies. the Kings and Pelicans are playing, it'll be on HBO. I believe so. I'm sure it's through their conglomerate ownership that mm-hmm. they're getting the rights to some of these games. My question is more so. Do you think you could see Netflix getting into the live streaming section? Sure, you know? absolutely. Yeah. Like, I mean, we've seen it with Apple and Amazon. Is this just... Uh, is, is, it's are, the only product on television now in which you, quote-unquote, have to sit through the commercials. Mm, yes. Is live sports. Right. I suppose occasional breaking news when local news returns from its proper place is the train of modern transportation and builds up a snowstorm to turn it into a you know foot of snow that winds up being a sprinkle those are the only times where people are glued to local television otherwise people stream most people stream and therefore live sports has premium value at the moment so yes it would absolutely make sense for those companies that are flush with cash to get into that game would agree would absolutely agree. Well, I guess that's it. I mean, it's 10.59. If you wouldn't have read that question uh, about relegation, it would only be 10.40. But here we are. Worth it. <laughs> absolutely. BK and Ferrari, I'm sure, will pick up on that. Good morning, Grant has wonderful hockey questions. He peppered me with those Boy, in, yeah. uh, in a commercial break earlier. So that's coming up. Uh, Jackson, we'll talk it over on Monday here on uh, Balloon Party for Action Jackson. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party, driven by Mungan at St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.